Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm super excited to have part two of Dr. Jenny on. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Yeah. Is there like a big disconnect of like, you know, because you, I would imagine that you felt run down while you were go, go, going all the time, right? And did you feel like this was like a normal thing for you and a normal thing for people around you? Or did you feel like, like this was just like the norm? Did you notice anything? Like I'm trying to help people like really discover and look at themselves going like, yeah, actually I do feel like shit most of the time. Or I use my weekends to escape from my like, you know, nine to five. Do you like, in hindsight, do you look back and you see it? Or do you think there is a tipping point, like a big medical emergency? For me, then I, at that time, I actually did feel pretty good. Like that second that when I actually got pregnant, I actually was feeling I, you know, like I said, I felt like superwoman, you know, okay. and I actually felt good, but, but now I know from my, from all the journey and I've done with chronic fatigue and all that I've studied, I actually know that I have a history of having chronic viral infections. I have chronic Epstein-Barr virus. Okay. And looking back, I had that at different parts of my child. I probably had it as a kid. And I know I had a flare in high school when I went to you know, my dad took me to the doctor and they're like, oh, well, you don't have strep and you don't have mono. You're just trying to skip out of school. I'm like, no, I'm exhausted. And I don't know why, you know, okay. I probably had Epstein-Barr virus that just missed the mono window test. And so actually the time when I got pregnant, I was actually at one of my peak times. I was actually doing quite well in terms of my energy and my vitality and my brain. I really like felt on top of the world, but I think that what happened is that um, I just was doing a lot. I mean, you know, in hindsight, I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, to be in medical school is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to be in medical school with a kid is just frankly a lot. And I think that because I'm capable and probably, you know, because those of you who are listening are extremely capable women, mm -hmm. you just probably do more than is, than your body then then is maybe good for you at this time you know yeah, yeah. It, it's like it takes energy and and one of the lessons I had about you know pacing of life is when I travel to other cultures and I go to other cultures and they're slower and at first as an American I'm irritated with how slow <laughs> things are and then you know seven eight days into my vacation I'm like oh now I get it that's the human pace that you should be working yeah at this crazy rat race that we do here in the states it's yeah. nuts Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So hindsight, I think it was just honestly, if I'm honest about hindsight, I think I was really high on cortisol all the time. I think I enjoyed that high. Yeah. I used to be a caffeine junkie. I stopped drinking it when I was pregnant with my first child and I didn't drink any coffee or caffeine out throughout medical school. But I think I was high on the stress. I think that I was a stress junkie and I like that cortisol push. And I yeah. think that that's true for a lot of us. And when I work with women who are in their 30s and 40s, I see a lot of them who are like me and who are just so damn good at what they do that they just love that push and they don't realize how much this is taxing their other system. It's just, if you're in that cortisol stress space, good or bad stress, if you're over cortisolized, your body's not, it's going, it, your body thinks you're under stress. It thinks you're, you know, in a famine or there's going to be a famine or something like this. And it's going to be like, it's not time to make babies. So it's mm -hmm. going to shut that down. So I really think that that's what it was. I think it was my stress response that shut off. Yeah. And I then think of that's course, just... <laughs> go ahead. Well, it's worse, you know, and then of course there's the added stress of like, I'm still not, I'm not pregnant again. I'm not pregnant again. What mm -hmm. am I doing? I'm eating organic. I'm like doing yeah. all the right things. And, I'm... and the miscarriages, right? That mental yeah. and emotional toll right. that it takes a huge impact. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if you're someone who's listening, who's using medical assistance and it's quote unquote failing, that contributes to the issue as well. But I think it's really good for people to hear because like both of us, we were like fit and healthy, right? right? Like we shouldn't have been presenting with the issues that we were, right? but with hindsight, we can look back. And this is why we're so good at what we do is that when we hook up with clients, we see those holes that we didn't see when we were going through right. it. But now we have that trained eye to be like, that's your missing right. link. Right. And as much as you uh, don't want to hear it, you know, this is in your control to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Go ahead. I, I think it's really beautiful what you're doing. I wish I had had an infertility coach, like somebody to actually help look at me as a complete being mm -hmm. and say, Hey, Jenny, like, let's really look at your life and your stress level and what you're doing here. And let's really um, take a step back. And what is it that needs to change? You know, I was going to functional medicine physicians who were great, but it wasn't the same because honestly, yeah. they were in the same crazy paradigm as I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's really funny to have these conversations with women. I do these discovery calls and um, I, I like most of the way through, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I know this wasn't the discussion that you thought you were going to have with me, but this is where is going to lead you to your ultimate goal, yeah. right? They're, they're thinking still inside this very small fertility box. And yes. here I am pointing out that your, I don't know, let's just say that your clutter issue, right? Shit around the house is like one of your main issues while you're blocking yourself with fertility. So you're absolutely right. And I worked with an amazing functional medicine practitioner way ahead of his time. And it was just, there's just different things, right? Fertility is just like a very niche aspect and even having conversations with people who get it mm -hmm. right that understand what you're going through and you're just not getting pushed through through these clinics whether it be functional medicine naturopaths IVF clinics as kind of like a patient right like you're right, really connecting right. with someone and I'm sure that you do that with your fatigue clients because 
you've been through it multiple times now and you right. really resonate with them and they understand that you understand their pain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing like that. I think. Yeah. 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 And so, okay. For the large majority of women dealing with <laughs> chronic fatigue, listening to this right now, what would be the first step that you would suggest to someone who is going to be, you know, radically honest with themselves and go, okay, I have this. Uh, what's the kind of the first thing that you would advise them to do other than slowing down? Because you've said that before, we all know we need to slow down. What's the next step? Well, if somebody is really exhausted and realize they're doing too much and they're trying to get pregnant, honestly, I would get guidance and some support on doing things. But the first test that I would run is I would do a four point um, cortisol test, a salivary cortisol test and mm -hmm. see what is going on with your cortisol level? What is your pattern? What is your circadian rhythm? And I love doing that test because it gives us such great feedback. One of the things that happens if you're on high cortisol is it your body will instead of will take your progesterone instead of turning it'll take your pregnenolone instead of turning to progesterone and then further down line estrogen those kinds of hormones that you need for fertility it will actually preferentially shunt all of that over to cortisol so that you can keep running from a tiger instead of having a baby mm -hmm. and so i love running that test because it's such good visual evidence i think um and then if you do the test or even if you don't do the test i think the second best thing is to just really reset your circadian rhythm and just because that's the best way to support your adrenal glands, your hypothalamic pituitary access mm -hmm. is to have a set schedule where you're getting up at the same time, you're going to bed at the same time, you're eating regularly and those kinds of things. And, and really the first point, when I say slow down, it's like, yeah, slow down, but it's really what we were talking about. It's like, find that place inside of yourself where you really stop, like you really have that moment and then train yourself to create those moments throughout the day. You know, just I, I I share with people some really great tips of just you can look around a room if you're feeling kind of funky. You can look around a room and just what is it that is beautiful? Like it's like the color of that book across the way is actually quite vibrant and beautiful to me. I can just focus on that, and I can be like, oh wow, that like fiery orange and just feel that in my body and how much joy that gives me mm -hmm. and fill my body with that in a second actually shifts my physiology just doing that in a moment and so finding points throughout the day where you're just kind of resetting your your yeah. nervous system to joy like you said yeah 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 and I want to tap in because you did say you did some subconscious work. And mm -hmm. I think part of being type A and overachieving comes from a uh, lack of self-worth mm -hmm. and lack of self, not self-love per se, but I, I think worth because sometimes when we're people pleasers and overachieving, it's it, there is obviously this drive to do something that we know we're good at and we absolutely love. But I know in my own journey, I found that some of my um, drive was, you know, from trying to prove myself and prove oh, sure. my self-worth. And when you do some of that subconscious work of getting rid of those limiting beliefs and just solely serving from a place of like, you know, I really want this information to be out there to help other people, yeah. you find a better balance and you don't overwork and you don't That's overachieve. Right. So can you, you know, maybe give some insight to your own subconscious healing or any of the like work that you, you know, help people do now? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think our drive to overdo is a lot about that belief that we're not good enough and that we're just fighting that belief inside of ourselves. And we've got to prove it, prove it to ourselves, prove it to the world, work really hard to get the accolades so that maybe at some point we'll finally believe that we're good enough. And, you know, the truth is the only way that you know you're good enough is to just give yourself that attention, you know, it's mm -hmm. our inner child or, or something that needs healing. So I do a lot of subconscious work with my patients and clients because I find that's where the magic is. Yeah. I actually believe that the most powerful medicine is right in our own bodies. And it's really about learning how to turn that on mm -hmm. in ourselves. And we can have a huge pharmacy that can impact our health. And yeah, if I knew now what I knew then, I don't think I would have had all those miscarriages, to be honest. And in my journey, my I have... I still, to this day, to this day, I spend time every morning working yeah. on my subconscious mind. I, I need to, there's a lot of junk up there and it gets attached to other people's junk. And it's, I feel much better when I do, I call it brushing and flossing my mind. <laughs> I yeah. do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. What um, modalities do you, that do you love right now? Yeah. Well, I do. Um, I, I did a lot of work so I do a series of different things and I kind of do a mishmash when I'm working on myself, when I'm working on my patients and clients, I do, um, parts work, inner child work. I was trained in psych K yeah. and I do a lot of, I've been doing a lot of Joe Dispenza meditation work as well. So I sort of do some combination of those for myself when I'm doing my work. I also do yeah. EFT emotional freedom technique tapping. And so I'll, I'll literally do a hodgepodge on myself. Yeah. And I, I don't think we had the discussion that I'm trained in Psych K as well. I didn't oh, know no that way. about you. Seriously? Yeah. yeah, and we so did not is talk about that. And yeah. so is Elizabeth. Yeah. No way. Yes. There's so few people that are. That's wild. Oh, that makes Maybe so much sense. Maybe that's why we connected so I well. I know. Who knows? We knew we were heart sisters somehow. I know, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just an amazing modality. It's great. And I feel yeah. like, um, you know, both of us can sit here and be like, our journeys could have been so dramatically different. And like, I believe that they weren't because we were meant to discover this and share yes. it with the world. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> but this from, is our, <laughs> yeah. Right. And I just believe that site K all the other, I love emotional freedom tapping. I've never done um, hypnosis. I mean, there's so many cool modalities, but I feel with site K it's just so easy to get somewhere very quickly. Yeah. And I don't know, like, what do you believe in the sense of like, it's an out there modality, right? Like it is like um, the top of the woo woo, right? And do you feel like people maybe need to go this path of like doing all the kind of hard inner child work, doing those things, and then getting to, I don't like levels, but like getting to a space where you look at a modality like Psych K and go, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to receive it. Or do you think it's something that people can bring into their lives a little bit earlier? Um, what's your feelings about that? Yeah, that's interesting that you say it that way, because I actually feel the opposite. I actually feel like it's one of those things that I could do in my clinic and do with people. And it didn't, I just felt like it was one of the first places we could go with subconscious okay. work. And in some ways it was easier than doing, um, some of the deeper kind of, you know, hypnosis type of deep work kind of piece. Yeah. 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 I agree. Standing yeah. there with our eyes open and you're, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, however you end up doing it, they're standing with their eyes open. And usually 
what I would experience for people who are new to doing this kind of work is that they're like, oh, wow, my body responded that way. Like, you know, you tested me and that came up. Or if you're going through the pre pre-created statements and like, oh my God, that's such a good match. Oh my God. Number 17 is perfect. What? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so that's I awesome. People turn on. And so I actually thought it was a great introduction into the woo woo for people who were woo woo resistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I should just start thinking that way because yeah, there's yeah. a part like when I like talk about it to people, they're like, Oh, I don't explain it. I yeah. just say, like, we're going to do this thing. Are you open to doing this thing? Yeah, I you guess know, that's all you, you need, right? I, I mean, are you open to to experimenting with something? And I'm always, I what I love about all this stuff and the best way for me to come at it is always with the curious mind. Yes. And, and I think that's why I love it because it's this magic where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. I, I mean, I know that with many clients, we have really really profound transformations when we do subconscious work, but I never know going in what's going to happen. And so I have to take a step back. It's that surrender again, Mm -hmm. where I take a step back and I'm like, okay, I'm, I can guide you and I can pick up what I can pick up, but I am, I am curious, open and to whatever is going to enter into this process here. And that's usually when it's really, you know, beautiful, but for some people, I mean, what I love about having different tools in my toolbox, and I think this is important for people to know that not everybody's a good match for everything. It's like, you need to find what resonates with you. We're fortunate that we have so many options out there. So find what resonates. Like some people, you know, tapping, they're like, oh, that just doesn't work for me. I'm like, great, don't do it. Let's find something else that does work for you. But I do think it is smart to have in your toolkit some way to work with your emotional garbage and your and your subconscious mind um and just to uh answer your first question about my journey when i first worked with the hypnotherapist my experience with therapy prior to that was um I mean, I really could have used a therapist in high school and college, but you know, I didn't. Who couldn't? I think that should have been like a mandatory class. I know, right? (laughs) I went to one or two therapists at different times and they would always say the same thing. They were like, oh, wow, you're so insightful. Wow. You're so perceptive. Good job. And I'm like, great. Could you possibly help me? You know, like I never felt like talk therapy got where I needed to go. And it wasn't until I did hypnosis that I was like, Oh, thank God you're getting to where, like, I need to, where the pain is, where I need Mm -hmm. to itch. It's like, this is where we need to be. And for me in that first, um, that first year I was really doing a lot of hypnosis work. It was so much old stuff. Like it was things that I had inherited. It was through, I believe we have, generational memories and soul memories and things like that. And that impacts us. So, you know, you're kind of your question of what should people do? It's like some of us have more, you know, more soul work to do than others. And so if you've got really a lot of junk from your soul journey, from your generational stuff, then you need to do more digging in there. And then you're, when you do do the work, it will, my experience is that it makes life a lot easier and joyful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even like, like for me, um, because I didn't have necessarily like a big trauma as that society would say is like worthy to be called trauma. Like I just, my message to everyone is like, everyone has 
trauma. And um, it's just being um, open to exploring that and um, know that you're supported. And like even small things could have real big impacts on the way you, on your belief system, which obviously dictate how you behave and how you act. So um, it's really for everyone to explore. Like, don't just look at your life and be like, oh, well, I didn't get sexually abused or mentally abused or physically abused. I didn't have a big car accident or nothing big happened to me. Um, You know, I, I have a very honest and open timeline on a blog of like, these are the things that impacted my life. And on paper, they don't seem that big, but I'll tell you, they fucked my shit up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends, um, uh, one of her biggest traumas was when her goldfish died. And, <laughs> Bless. Oh. You know, and, and it was like, and, 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 and it's because it was layered. It was layered on the yeah. fact that her mom was a lawyer and her mom was out of town working and she was home with the nanny and, and her goldfish died and then her her nanny made her make a to eat the tuna fish sandwich and she was completely traumatized you know and like that you know you would think like oh it was just your freaking goldfish like how many of us had goldfish died and we're like yeah "Yeah, whatever that was another goldfish you know (laughs) but for her it's they call it a little trauma that turns into you know little t turns into a big t and it just depends on what it's associated with and attached to in your brain and i totally agree we all need that help and it just makes us feel so much better and we're able to be so much more fully alive and live our purpose when we when we do that work yeah now you know what a memory just flashed up that i stepped on our bird and it like died so maybe i'm gonna like need to go sight k myself but it's these little things that you just don't think impact you and then all of a sudden if you really start exploring you're like holy shit man that that has a lot of a lot of stuff around it well it's been so amazing to talk to you i can literally just sit here for hours and hours but i want our listeners to know where they can find you yeah, it's been great to talk with you. I'm the same way. It's like, oh, we have to start. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you can find me at my website, which is drjennytufankian.com. And that's my main website. I also have a clinic website, Enjoy Full Health. That's enjoyfullhealth.com. If you are struggling with low energy and fatigue, I have two different options for you. One is to go on my main website and take the quiz, which is to find out your root cause and you can discover what your root cause is there. If you feel like you're in a place where you're ready to do some deeper consultation, would like some support, then feel free to reach out to me at my clinic. I do do free consultations for 15 minutes to see if we're a good match, to see if I'm somebody that can help you get to the next phase of health that you're seeking. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I need to go take that quiz. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that I it's just that it would be interesting hmm. um but thank you so much Jenny for taking the time out and sharing your wisdom with us and I know that we didn't tap into something but I know that you are a specialist with COVID and um especially with estrogen um issues just explain that a little bit because I'm gonna have you back on so people just like kind of know to watch out for it sure sure so um yeah 
people who are dealing with some stuff with COVID and noticing changes in their menstrual cycle, there's an association between estrogen and um, the COVID virus. And it's something that I'm kind of diving into the research. And so, yes, I'd love to come back and share that with you because I think it's important for you to know if you're working on your hormones and there's this virus, you know, that's now in our, on our planet with us. So yeah. Yeah. Figure out ways to, you know, support yourself because that's what all like functional medicine's about, right? It's not um, avoiding and never getting anything, right? It's like when you do have an issue, there's ways that we can figure it out. So I'm excited for your research and for you to come back on. Thanks. I look forward to it. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.